Banks. Welcome to the Bitcoin Source. Can we start things off by having you introduce yourself to the audience? Hi, Dadu. Um, it's great to be here. Sure. Um, so I'm Alex Leilika. I run Rise Up Media, which is a, a Bitcoin-focused content marketing agency. So what we do is we um, help Bitcoin companies grow uh, by deploying content-focused um, growth strategies. So we have a big focus on, on SEO, social media, email marketing, um, blog content, thought leadership pieces. So essentially anything that's written content uh, with, a, with a strong leaning towards SEO. Nice. Thank you for that introduction. So, you know, I'm always curious to know this when I get guests on the show. You know, what inspired you? What got you into Bitcoin, whether it was people, courses or even just, you know, um, you know, conferences that you might have gone to in the past that kind of got you in as a Bitcoiner early in your earliest stages? So my my background, both uh, education wise and professionally, is in traditional finance. And uh, so I studied uh, uh, financial and um, I studied investment and financial risk management at university and I later went on to to work as a, as a trader and as a sales guy uh, in, the, um, in the credit markets. And the way that I was orange-pilled was by a friend from university. After we finished university, uh, we, went to, we went to Hong Kong. Like both of us had never been to Asia and we thought you know, Hong Kong would be sort of a good like, first place to visit. And uh, this was back in 2011. It was in 2011 and we hadn't seen each other for a while. Then we met up in Hong Kong, spent like a week there or so, and he told me about Bitcoin. He was like, oh yeah, there's this new sort of like digital money. It's only composed of code and it's already trading. And around then it was worth like 10 bucks. And he explained it to me and I, I remember specifically, he told me back then, like the way it's constructed with the limited supply that it could go to 1 million. And that was back when it was trading at $10. And he got me super excited about it. And, uh, you know, obviously, like, you know, we spent time in Hong Kong, we had a lot of fun, went out partying and everything. But we did get back to talking about Bitcoin on, on like, several occasions because I was very interested. And, um, and also back then, I was like, okay, uh, I want to buy some as well. So after that trip, uh, which was at the start of the summer, after the summer, I started um, my first job, like my first full-time job in banking after university. And I got a sign-on bonus because um, back then, I don't know if you still get those uh, if, you, if you're starting in banking these days, back then you did. And I was like, I'm just going to take uh, like a thousand pounds and uh, put it into Bitcoin. But back then it was so difficult to buy Bitcoin because I basically had to use some weird dodgy like Russian payment, uh, like online payment provider so I could buy Bitcoin on Mt. Gox because that's what it was back then. Um, I think it was Mt. Gox. And I ended up not doing it because it was just too much of a hassle. And I just started my career in banking and I was super focused on that. Um, and then I sort of like put it aside, but I still followed it like here and there when it came up in the media. And then it was, I think, 2013 when it went up to 1000. And then it was like in financial news media because I was you know, sitting on the trading floor with my eight screens. And, uh, you know, Bitcoin did come up in, in the financial media back then, especially when the price rallied. And that's really when I started following it from an investment point of view, uh, started following Bitcoin. And then 2014 was the first time I set up like an exchange account and I started buying Bitcoin. I also bought other cryptocurrencies at the time. And from then onwards, I kind of 
I mean, back then it was more of an investment, and that's how I looked at it. Um, and then after I left banking in 2015, I started, uh, so at the end of 2015, I left banking. I started traveling the world as a, as a digital nomad, and I started freelancing and trying different sort of um, online business models. And there, one of my clients was a, was a Bitcoin online magazine. Uh, back then, in 2016, there was like eight of them or something. It was one of them, one of the smaller ones. And they paid me in Bitcoin. And when that started, it sort of reignited my interest for Bitcoin. And at that point, I was like, you know, I have this background in finance. Um, I'm really enjoying, you know, back then it was pretty much freelance writing. I wasn't doing much marketing work yet. But I was really enjoying the writing and I, I was really interested in Bitcoin. And the more I learned about it, it's just about, you know, having money that's outside of the outside of the government control that fascinated me. And the more I learned about it, the more I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. It also matches my background and my skills so nicely um, because there weren't a lot of people from traditional finance working in Bitcoin back then, um, at least not in the media space. So I thought this could be a really good sort of, you know, new career path for me, uh, you know, in a subject matter that I was really interested in and just getting more and more interested in. Um, so, yeah, that's that's how it started. Beautiful. You know, I started in Bitcoin in 2017 and I left traditional banking for myself in around 2018. So I can re relate a lot to your story and your journey. The cool thing is, is that you kind of found out about Bitcoin super early. Um, a lot of people had no idea what Bitcoin was in 2011, 2012. So it's really interesting to hear that story and how it kind of um, encapsulates your passion for Bitcoin and actually what drove you to actually start building your own, you know, Bitcoin marketing and content company, which I think is super exciting. And, you know, it's definitely clear that Bitcoin has proved its use case over the last decade or so. Um, especially in these uncertain times you see with the you know dissolution of some major banks in the U.S., um, people going on bank runs. So uh, Bitcoin is definitely here to stay, I think. And I think that it's definitely going to be a hedge for inflation like people are quickly realizing. Um, but how does your company um, intertwine Bitcoin into driving more traffic, leads and sales? So I, I don't think we I wouldn't say that we intertwine Bitcoin, um, I'd say because our clients are Bitcoin companies. Um, so what we're doing, I would say, is we take um, what works in sort of traditional marketing and apply it to Bitcoin where it fits. Um, so, for example, I think one of the reasons why uh, I wanted to focus on, on content marketing, I mean, obviously, that's kind of where my expertise came from and something where I felt comfortable we could deliver. But I didn't want to be sort of like a full stack marketing company because I think the content side works really well for Bitcoin companies. So for example, paid ads is something that most Bitcoin companies can't run because they're just not going to get ad accounts. When they do get ad accounts uh, on, for example, Facebook or Meta, whatever it's called now, um, then they can't run certain ads because they have certain keywords in there that just they're not going to let them, they're not going to approve the ads, right? So, you know, that the whole like paid ads thing is really difficult for Bitcoin companies. Even on platforms like Reddit, you know, like there's a lot of platforms where you think you can run ads, you just can't. On the other hand, something like SEO, so, you know, for people who don't, don't really understand, you know, what, what SEO is or don't have a, a marketing background. So it basically means 
uh, ranking on page one of Google, to put it in the simplest terms. So if someone is, you know, um, looking to buy Bitcoin with, with cash in, in Boston, for example, where you are, uh, and Google's, you know, Bitcoin ATM in Boston or buy Bitcoin with cash in Boston, and uh, those companies that rank for those keywords on Google, they're going to get they're going to get new customers. So that's the big bulk of our business is exactly that. We help our customers uh, rank on Google for um, search terms that are going to drive them more customers, more growth through more website traffic. Um, that is the main focus of what we do, and and that's something that works really well. If you if as a Bitcoin company, say you're, you're like a, a Bitcoin exchange or a Bitcoin app, and you you know where people can buy and sell Bitcoin, uh, if you can uh, rank for the relevant keywords on on the first page of Google, you are going to get traffic. Your numbers are going to go up, especially when the price of Bitcoin goes up, because the search search terms for Bitcoin and Bitcoin price are almost like have a one-to-one -one correlation. So uh, if you're well positioned uh, from an SEO point of view, you're going to do well. Social media is another thing that that, as we know, works really well because, you know, all the Bitcoiners are on Twitter or now slowly moving to Nostra. Um, but social media is another area that, that has traditionally worked well for Bitcoin companies. Although what I would say with that, especially with um, places like Twitter or even LinkedIn, if, if you're a Bitcoin company that's uh, aiming to target the mass consumer, the mass consumer is probably not going to be on Twitter. Like if, whereas if you're a Bitcoin company that sells um, like Bitcoin nodes or some kind of like advanced stuff that only like whatever proper Bitcoiners would buy, then yeah, Twitter is great, social media is great, Telegram groups are great. Whereas if you're looking to hit the mainstream and onboard like uh, no coiners and new coiners, then getting them organically through Google, for example, is going to be much more impactful. So that's something with our customers where we also look is like, you know, who's your target audience? Where do they hang out? And then match the two, the two together. Yeah, I can agree with that more. And just even for myself being a, a freelance writer, a content writer, and writing about Bitcoin for, uh, you know, several years at this point, I agree. It is very difficult to get people to um, onboard into the asset and actually find these articles and these content um, on these search engines. And I utilize using tag words. Um, hashtags and tag words have been really helpful for me to um, pinpoint my audience and figure out exactly um, what the SEO is focusing on when it comes to um, you know, terms like blockchain technology, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency. Actually, the word cryptocurrency gets more hits than Bitcoin does because there's just so many options with the altcoins versus just Bitcoin. And, you know, a lot of people have their aspersions about Bitcoin, but I personally think that um, you're right. The long term approach, especially coming from a marketing aspect, is that you're always going to see Bitcoin continuing to grow exponentially versus some of these other altcoins. You're seeing them be hacked. You're seeing people lose money. FTX is a perfect example where um, in the short term, the gains are high. Everybody's making money. Everybody's promoting it from celebrities to politicians. And then when, when your money is lost, everybody bails out. You can't get any answers versus with Bitcoin. Um, you are your own bank and you can always get your money out at any time because you're in control of your private keys. You have it on cold storage and you have tons of marketing and education 
on platforms to learn from. Such yeah, I think the the big difference uh, between between Bitcoin and, and crypto or the altcoin markets or, or the shit coins, as everyone says, is that uh, you know Bitcoin is sort of like slow and steady and robust and for the long term. Whereas all the crypto stuff is, if you're going to do that, then you have to catch it on the way up and you have to magically sell at the top, which no one ever does. And that's the same for businesses. I mean, we get, we get uh, inquiries from like, I once got an inquiry from some random like gambling dap on Tron that were interested in our services. And I was just like, no. And then I think like six months, or no, I didn't respond to them initially. And then six months later, I was, I was like, let me just look at what this is. And then I clicked on it and the whole thing was gone already. So I was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm not going to do business with those kind of people. That's the difference with Bitcoin companies is, you know, they they're, have a much more conservative approach, much like Bitcoin is more conservative. And they're building, generally they're building, uh, they're, they're building something uh, that's supposed to last, not just to make a quick buck. Obviously startups fail and all that, like if you time your funding wrong, but generally like, my experience working with Bitcoin companies, they're all very long-term thinking. They're not taking massive amounts of risk. It's already risky enough working in Bitcoin because it is cyclical. Um, I mean, there's definitely, I mean, there was a dip in business for everyone when the market collapsed last year. And, uh, and things are already looking a lot better this year as the price has gone up. So it is, it is, it is very much the entire industry is linked to the price more than we would like it to be, especially because most I don't know if most Bitcoiners, but a lot of Bitcoiners, and I'm one of them, don't really care about price that much. I think a lot of Bitcoiners really care about the long-term impact that Bitcoin can have, you know, whether it's in the US or, or in Europe, where I'm from, or, or in the global south. I think that's what, what people are interested in to, to build on, you know, the best possible money we can have. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the sort of the other side of it with all the crypto stuff, the Web3 stuff, it's super, that, that is way more cyclical and that very much feels like people are looking to make a quick buck and get out again. A lot of people make a lot of money, that's true. Um, usually the people selling the, the tokens, obviously. But um, yeah, I, I, I prefer working with, with uh, I mean, I specifically want to work with Bitcoin companies that is kind of our target audience. Uh, we, we occasionally do work with FinTech companies as well and some more sort of traditional finance companies. But the focus is definitely to work with, with Bitcoin companies because that's what, what I'm passionate about. That's who I want to work with. And that's also where I feel like as a company, we can make a lot of impact. And at the end of the day, our, our mission is to put uh, Bitcoin into the hands of more people. And instead of, kind of selling Bitcoin directly, like, like an exchange or an app, uh, we're helping businesses like that grow their uh, customer bases. That's kind of the sweet spot, I think. I think that when you're looking at... Uh, Bitcoin from a, a marketing perspective or a company perspective, there's, I want to say there's a little bit less risk, you know, trying to be an exchange or actually dealing with leverage versus just solely um, trying to push that brand or service to the next level through marketing, through content creation. I think that that is what is needed in the Bitcoin ecosystem right now, because there's so many distractions. There's so much misinformation, disinformation. And if you can get a company that's solely focused on Bitcoin, they want to see the price of Bitcoin go up. They want to get it into the hands of a lot of people and make it ubiquitous where when this does become, you know, available at your local petrol shop that you can put gas in your car with Bitcoin or your grocery store 
all these marketing tactics that companies have been building up over the years will actually be helpful for people because now when it becomes something that you have no choice to use or it's just so common that it becomes easier than going through a traditional bank or using fiat money, people are going to come in droves to actually learn about this and want to be a part of their, you know, the lifestyle of Bitcoin is because it's super impactful for people to do so. And, you know, you talk about the drawbacks of marketing, right, Alex? And from me being a writer and a freelance writer in this space, there's tons of drawbacks for, you know, being a quote unquote Bitcoiner. Sometimes you can be, I don't want to say blackballed, but you can be kind of put into this box where people think that you're toxic or you don't have an open opinion about open source technology and Bitcoin can't be the only one. The first things are usually never the things that end up being you know, this, the, the end all be all once technology continues to grow and expand. So my question to you, Alex, is, you know, what kind of drawbacks have you faced in your company so far trying to market Bitcoin to the masses? Sometimes you have difficulties uh, getting business because of the image of Bitcoiners on, on the Internet and that it's like old technology and new things will come. I think that kind of approach uh, coming, that kind of um, adversarial uh, thinking probably comes from that sort of tech uh, tech startup space mentality, you know, where people are looking for the next best thing and they're looking to grow as fast as possible and get the next valuation, which is very much the kind of thinking that you have in the crypto, so in the crypto web three space, uh, whereas Bitcoin is like people who understand it know that it's very likely something that's going to last. And it's also not stagnant. People, people are building on it. There's a new innovation coming. We've seen a lot of that this year. Uh, with with Nostra and Ordinals, so you know it's not stagnant. New things are happening. It's just taking a longer time. Usually, it's just a slower development. Um, so to to answer your questions regarding um, uh, what what uh, hurdles we've had, we've had any pushback. When when I talk to, I mean when, when our clients are specifically Bitcoin companies, so we don't really get much pushback because we're so uh, focused to a specific target audience. But when I talk to non-Bitcoin companies, when I talk to fintech companies, yeah, there's definitely uh, a bit of skepticism around Bitcoin. A lot of neobanks, for example, are very anti-Bitcoin. I understand why, because they're concerned about their banking license and concerned about you know, pissing off regulators or their, their other banking partners. But, but that's, for example, an area where, where there's a lot of, sort of anti-Bitcoin sentiment. Um, in the the fintech space in general, uh, this whole notion that like blockchain is really interesting, but Bitcoin is bad, it's still there to some degree. Not as bad as it was a few years ago uh, when blockchain was the big thing. Now it's Web three. I don't know how how they did the rebrand. It just kind of happened. Um, but uh, yeah, if, if you talk to sort of traditional finance or, or, or non Bitcoin fintech players, you do get pushback. Uh, just because Bitcoin, the thing with Bitcoin is it still has not a bad reputation, but still kind of somewhat of a branding issue because mainstream media is still going uh, against, like it, it's still running the anti-Bitcoin narratives, like there's money for criminals, which, sorry, we, we already know it's not because chain analysis has done their, um, you know, has, has done their tracing and, and looked at uh, what Bitcoin is really being used for, and then now it's the whole environmental thing against the miners. And we know that Bitcoin has a much higher renewable energy mix than other industries, but mainstream media is not really talking about that. 
Um, so there's still like Bitcoin still has a branding issue, and the only way we can combat that is through uh, education and providing factual information uh, out into to the masses. That's the way to combat that. Um, but as a business ourselves, we don't really get much pushback because we really operate within the Bitcoin community. Um, it's it's when we do deal with companies outside of of Bitcoin, it's usually through referrals through people that have worked with me. Um, so I will they will give me the time of the day. Um, I've I've had I've, I definitely had uh, meetings where I would show up the same way I'm on the podcast now with like a Bitcoin T-shirt and my tattoos out and my long hair, and there would be some finance guys sitting there in the suits, and the initial impression is like who's this guy. But once I start talking and talking about my background in banking and kind of explaining what we do and, you know, how we're going to get them, you know, from A to B, how we're going to get them to reach their marketing goals, the conversations usually go very positively. Um, so, yeah, Bitcoin still has a branding issue, but for us, it's not much of a problem because we just, we really work within the Bitcoin industry. And, you know, the more that you attack Bitcoin, the stronger it gets and, it was super interesting. I saw like an old picture of you when you were a banker. And then we seen this like crazy transformation, like the long hair. It's almost like, you know, like you turned into like Conan or Bitcoin, Con you know, Bitcoin Conan. And, uh, you know, I just love to see that because it just shows people that how Bitcoin allows you to actually become more of your true self. Right. What you really are passionate about, who you truly want to be. And I think there's a lot of people in the banking industry that might be curious about Bitcoin or even know a lot about Bitcoin, but they're kind of being compressed into not really talking about it or being open about it just because of the particular industry that they're in right now. And I just love the fact that your company is doing a lot of the marketing and content creation or SEO creation for companies that really need it. And I think a lot of companies might not publicly say that they're being helped with their marketing efforts on the back end. But I think that's what the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is, is that there is no HR department. There's no CEO. You can't go and complain to somebody about Bitcoin. So from the branding aspect, when you look at something like Coca-Cola that's been around for pretty much a century now at this point, they've had so many decades to work on their branding, their themes, put themselves in commercials, on advertising billboards. And Bitcoin is kind of people doing this off the muscle. No one is, you know, there's no, there's no budget for Bitcoin. You just do it because you're passionate about it. And I think that your company is a perfect example of that for sure, Alex. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, Bitcoin's branding and marketing department is, is you and me and all the other Bitcoiners out there. Um, and it's, it's up to us to just educate, uh, basically to talk to anyone who's willing to listen, you know, maybe not talk to people who don't want to hear about it because there's enough people who really don't care about Bitcoin. Um, but to anyone who's, who's interested, which in my experience is most people, um, because a lot of people have heard of Bitcoin but don't really understand what it is. Um, I think I think you know it's up to us to go and and talk to people and explain to them what it is, how it works, send people their first satoshis, uh, clear up any of the misconceptions. Uh, I think that's important. But then, of course, at a larger scale, um, Bitcoin companies need to go out just to make to make sort of the orange peeling more scalable. Bitcoin companies need to go and and talk to like the big mass media houses and bring their messages across and basically explain like, yes, Bitcoin is an inflation hedge. Bitcoin mining, uh, you know, is, is uh, helping the development of new renewable energy sources. Um, you know, Bitcoin is able to uh, act as a store of value in countries where the currencies are getting crushed. 
you know, these kind of narratives, like we also need to go out and Bitcoin companies need to go out and, and tell these stories, make sure that it gets out on a much larger scale. And that's also something that's, that we're helping with with our work. We obviously know that you're a Bitcoiner, you understand the protocol, you've been doing this for a number of years, but from a CEO or founder perspective, when you're onboarding an employee, do you want them to be uh, well-versed in Bitcoin? Like for example, there's um, the C4 consortium. I never you know if you never heard of that, but they have like Bitcoin certifications or proof that the person that you're working with or the companies that you're working with truly know about Bitcoin. So do you have like any prerequisites for um, people coming into your company or even working with people? Because I think a lot of people jump on Bitcoin because it's trendy, but sometimes they really don't know what Bitcoin is truly about. And I think that that could impact you as a marketer and content creator when you're trying to work with a client. That's a great question. Um, we're, we're, we're currently in the process of, of hiring more people and it's 100% a prerequisite that uh, anyone we hire now needs to have at least, I, I say three, at least three years of experience uh, working in Bitcoin. Um, Ideally longer, also depends on the role. But so for example, when we're hiring freelance writers, which is the bulk of the people that that we, we work with, like they need to have several years of experience. You know, it can't just be like you said, someone who's like, oh, this is, you know, some, some a place where I can make money or someone who like picks a niche, how it often is in like the internet marketing world. No, it needs to be someone who's who has experience. They don't need to be... Um, they don't need to spend every day on Bitcoin Twitter and be like hardcore Bitcoiners and, you know, you know, bash a theory all day or anything like that, you know, but they need to need to have industry experience. They need to know what they're talking about. And also like they it doesn't need to be their number one passion, but they need to have a certain passion for it as well. Um, I think I've been quite fortunate that. Uh, some people in the team who, who were new to Bitcoin when they joined, they they just the more they learned about it, the more interested they got. Uh, and the more questions they asked me, and and I do make sure that the people I work with go to meetups uh, in the area. So, and we also make people, uh, we ask people to do the uh, Michael Saylor's uh, Bitcoin course. Uh, that's a good one. It's quite long and in depth, um, but that's a good one to do. And um, yeah, I think it's 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 important. Like in this industry, it's actually it, that is something that's a challenge for Bitcoin companies in general is when they want to hire people, ideally they want to hire Bitcoiners. You know, they don't want to hire people who are good at the job but have no clue about Bitcoin. They want to hire Bitcoiners, but there aren't that many Bitcoiners out there. Like people that have really been in the industry for like four or five years that really like know their stuff. Um, and, and a big thing of, of what we do and where we come in and where we help companies is, is that we speak Bitcoin. That's what I like to say. Um, because, you know, I've been around for so long and several of the, of the team members, you know, have been in the industry for a long time. So, you know, when it comes to like writing social content for a Bitcoin company, it's very different than writing social uh, content for like a banking app, for example. The language is completely different. Of course, it also depends whether you want to attract mainstream users or more like hardcore Bitcoiners. But generally, like you need to know what what you what you can say, what you can't say. You need to know how to say it. You know, so, um, so yeah, we, we only hire people who are experienced and we also make sure that people who aren't as deep into the subject matter, that they continue to educate themselves. And, and for example, with the, the Michael Saylor course, like once people have completed the course, we pay them. Like I, I'm a big believer of incentivized learning. 
Um, so same that uh, with with new writers that come on, if they haven't already, uh, we ask them to do the, the HubSpot content marketing course. It's like a free six-hour course, which essentially uh, teaches you best practices for writing for the internet. It's a really good course. And uh, same thing, we pay people to take the course. Like, I, I think that's fair to, to pay people for the time. So uh, yeah, 100%, if it's, if it's possible, working in the Bitcoin industry, you want to hire Bitcoiners. It's just not always that easy, but yeah, it's, it's the ideal scenario. Thank you for that transparency, Alex. I think that that is super important. And I think a lot of people will be more incentivized to work for companies such as the one that you're currently running, where if they know that they don't know much about Bitcoin, but they can actually get paid to learn about it, I think that that will open the doors for a lot of people to come in and really try to like onboard into learning what Bitcoin is. And Alex, you know, this conversation has been incredible. I learned so much about marketing, content, your company, you as a Bitcoiner. Before we go, can you give people your social media handles and any future endeavors that you want the audience to know about? Yeah, sure. So you can uh, tweet at me uh, at uh, Alex Leilicher. So that's at A-L-E-X-L-I-E-L-A-C-H-E-R. Uh, the company, my company is called Rise Up Media. You can find us under riseup.media. Um, yeah, I think Twitter is the best place to, to hit me up. Once again, thank you, Alex, for being on the Bitcoin Source, a Bitcoin conversation. Have a good one. Thanks. It was a pleasure to be here.